Yo, what's going on? This is your host, Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. Today, I had the pleasure of bringing on my man, Peter Chan. Peter is an e-commerce expert, an entrepreneur, and someone who completely changed his life around. He's someone super inspiring and who can bring a lot of value to people who want to start their own business, who want to monetize on what they actually love, and who want to change their outlook on life to become a winner no matter what they do. So I hope you guys enjoy. There's a lot of value in this. And let's get it. Vamos. visualization, seeing, manifesting your goals into reality, right? Dreaming about it, seeing it happen every single day and not feeling, not losing confidence that it will happen when bad things happen. A partner means you double up your business, not you're splitting your business in half. Entrepreneurs fear getting a job, but everyone else fears losing a job. Question everything and do something that you love, but find a way to monetize it so that you can actually make a living doing what you love. Peter Chan, welcome to the most badass show on the planet. My man, how do you do? Hey, thanks for having me. How's your day treating you? It's good, good, everything. Just excited to be on this call and really um, talk to, you know, a bunch of aspiring entrepreneurs. Brother, for some people who don't know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, you, your backstory? Because you have some, a really interesting backstory, man. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, my name is Peter Chan Jr. I'm from Southern California, um, right here in the United States. I'm actually an internet marketer. Been doing this stuff for I want to say seven, maybe eight years now. Didn't really have any much success with it um, in the early stages, you know. But I started it off um, maybe just like a bunch of you guys going to college, going to school, kind of wanting this dream of more like freedom, you know, more of you know being able to travel, being able to do things that I want to do, not being stuck in that nine to five. So I started off kind of in the I started off in, in working at my mom's donut shop at first. For less than minimum wage, you know, I was kind of, we grew up, you know, immigrants, kind of like that local um, mom and pops, brick and mortar type of industry. And I was just working there every single day, going to community college, not really doing well. And just like a bunch of you guys, you know, maybe I had that dream of doing something besides school, because I didn't really see um, where school was really going to get me in terms of business and life. You know, it could help you get a job and maybe Mm -hmm. work a basic nine to five. But it wasn't really like an escape to freedom. It was something I feared the most, right? Getting a job. Like they say that entrepreneurs fear getting a job, but everyone else fears losing a job, right? So that's kind of where I started. I started looking at the internet for like a way out, like an escape um, from from school, from nine to five, from the basics. And then from from there on out, I pretty much eventually made the decision to you know quit school altogether, started dabbling online, researching all this, you know, YouTube stuff, Instagram stuff, affiliate marketing, network marketing, day trading, all the fun things that you guys, you know, experience a lot with all that stuff, right? And pretty much just stumbled through a lot of failure, you know, um, a bunch of mishaps and misfortunes, right? Um, just all sorts of mess, of messy, messy things. And then finally, I stumbled to what's called e-commerce, right? Some of you guys may have seen it or heard of it, Shopify, e-commerce, Amazon dropshipping, all the fun things like that. And then from there on out, that's really where... I found um, a business model that resonated with me the most. From there on out, I started learning marketing, you know, Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads, Snapchat ads. And that's really where my career started propelling. And here I am um, eight years later, you know, doing a podcast with you guys, just, you know, Hmm. preaching the story, right? Trying to spread entrepreneurship to as many people as, as I can. Absolutely. Dude, in the first couple of years, like, was it kind of, you were just trying, you know, a couple of different things, all kinds of stuff. Were you having successes in it or was it just kind of constant, you know, feedbacks that you were getting that wasn't working, that was preparing you? Obviously it was all preparing you for the success that you had in e-commerce, but uh, how was it like before that? And how did you take each, each thing that maybe didn't work out as, as you planned? Yeah. Um, it's a really good question. So in the beginning, I would say, especially for those of you guys that are very, very green, right, to entrepreneurship. In the beginning, it's definitely 90% mental. Um, you got to read a lot of books, listen to a lot of podcasts like this one, a lot of Gary Vee, a lot of Grant Cardone, things like that, and, and a lot of Tony Robbins. For me, it was Tony Robbins, right? Um, and, and just study a lot of the personal development stuff because in the beginning, you don't really know what you want to do. You just know you want to do something, mm-hmm. right? And then you're kind of dabbling along everything. And then I remember reading... Set, you don't have a set vehicle, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's no set vehicle. You have no skills yet either. You yeah. don't know what you're good at. You don't know what you're not good at. 
you know? So I remember reading a book on Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, where he said like, one of the best ways to really learn entrepreneurship and business is just go back to school and take those business classes. And that's really what I did. I dropped out of my major at the time I was studying to be a firefighter. I dropped out of all of my majors. I dropped out of all the GEs, the math classes, the science classes. And I just took random business classes. I took a real estate class. I took um, a marketing class just to like get my feet wet. You know, now looking back, I don't even know if I learned anything in those classes, but it was just more of so like, um, what is out there that I can try to figure out, you know? And that's really what it was in the beginning. And ultimately I just came up with the decision that thinking that, you know, the internet is really the route to go right now. You guys know social media is massive. Instagram is huge now. Um, e-commerce is at an all time high. You have businesses like uh, Toys R Us um, here in the States. I don't know if they have it up there in Canada, but here in the States, we had a huge um, toys franchise. The only fire chapter 11, they're no longer in existence because companies like Amazon are starting to take over. I really, really do recommend learning internet marketing, learning where the attention is at. You know, where are people paying attention to nowadays? And it's all online. It's all on podcasts, um, YouTube channels, Instagram, Facebook, things like that. And that's where I decided to kind of put all my eggs on. You know, you got to put all your eggs in a basket. Some people choose real estate. Some people choose doing um, stocks, Bitcoin. I chose internet marketing as my vehicle. Mm -hmm. Let's just say someone right now who you know, has been studying, you know, personal development, has been studying business, maybe had a couple of ventures in the past. And until now, all they've had is mostly not failures, but they've just, it just hasn't worked out in the way they plan. Right. How would you, in a way, like if you took, had to take them under their wing, under your wing, sorry, what would you, what would you teach them? What is stuff that you would like, in what direction would you show them to tell them to go? If you said, you know, they had to start getting some solid results, maybe like 10% of the results that you're getting financially in the next year. Right. So let's just say that it hasn't been working. What can you think you can teach them or what route would you take them so that they can start getting that kind of results? If they put in the work obviously and are consistent and are dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. So um, let's just say you're a kid right now. You're 18, 19. You're deciding to drop out of school. You got no money in the bank and you're ready to rock and roll. You know, you need to make something happen. You need to really come up with solutions to, you know, any, any of your finances, right? Um, mm -hmm. You don't come from a millionaire family. You don't have like scholarships um, giving you free money to, for a living. And you really need to make money. There's an offense and there's a defense. Okay. Offense is how much money you're making. Defense is how much money you're spending. Right. I would look at the defense first just to see like, yo, on weekends, we can't be spending too much money. You know, you can't be going out partying too much. You can't be buying Yeezys. You can't be out there um, spending money on things you don't absolutely need. And then on the offensive end, you know, I'm guessing that you probably have like a job, right? And you're saving money um, every single day and you're working nine to five. Try to increase your, your income first slightly by maybe taking on extra hours, maybe, um, taking up a side job, a side hustle like Uber or something like that, right? Mm. Then when you start developing that extra cash and you know that you're not spending extra cash, then the first thing you will have to do is learn a skill, okay? You can go online, go on YouTube. You can go on like Udemy. You can buy courses online and learn a skill, whether it be um, I know how to build an Instagram and I know how to post names on it or, or pictures on it and things like that, or I know how to blow up a, a Facebook um, fan page account. And with that skill, that marketing skill, okay, this is just an example. Then you can go out there and start pitching to either local businesses. You start pitching to other online marketers and say, Hey, let me run your social media account for free. Or, Hey, let me, um, help you build a website. If that's your skill that you learned a web design or whatever, I'll do it for free for the first month. On the second month, if you enjoy my services, give me a hundred dollars a month. Okay. That extra hundred dollars a month multiplied with 10 clients can be a thousand dollars a month. That's massive for an 18 year old kid who's just has a regular day job and is driving Uber on, on, on side hustle. You know, now you're making an extra $12,000 a year. And from there you start building on that skill, building your businesses. Then when you really want to grow up, like blow a big business up, then you can go for like the big ones. Right. But if you're talking about just a basic hustle in the beginning, I really recommend to go out there, learn a specific skill online, make sure your defense and your offense are good. Okay. Because if you're out there spending all your money and partying and doing all the fun things, really there's, there's almost no hope in, in really generating, you know, the type of wealth that you want to generate. Yeah. Which is funny because there's so many people that, Oh yeah, I want this. I want that. They're talking about all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you see them on the weekends and they're just blowing, you know, hundreds of dollars on bottles or on this and that when yes. you should be spending that on their business or on themselves. Right. If they actually yeah. are serious about getting where they want to get. So a lot of people are just talking about it, but they're not actually putting the steps behind it and walking the walk, just talking to talk. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. 
And from there, let's just say they have that high income skill, right? That skill that mm-hmm. can generate them, you know, some, some money. It's maybe once they have that skill, they're strong. They have, you know, they maybe built, they get some rejection. They, and after that, they start getting their first clients, start making some income. Where would you, what would you recommend that they take next, you know, to really step it up really to that, uh, the next level? Yeah. So let's say you're a beginner intermediate, right? You're no longer a beginner. You're no longer, let's say you generated enough side income or mm-hmm. revenue online or revenue, you know, whatever it is you're doing to quit your day job. And now you're going full time, which is scary, right? It's a scary thought. Um, leaving your, your normal income stream, leaving school. Um, I know some of you guys are young, maybe your parents now it's like, whoa, he quit school. It's huge, right? Um, whoa, he quit his job, right? There's people I know that they went to school for four or five years, graduated, got a job and quit that job. It's like, it's a huge breakthrough moment to really leave your job and want to take that next step, the full-time, um, full-time entrepreneur, really. It's, it's really what it's about, right? Um, that, that extra leap of faith, the full-time entrepreneur, that's when you, I think it's, um, that's when you can start, you know, for me personally, it, it's e-commerce, right? It's internet marketing, e-commerce, learning Facebook ads, because essentially when you learn ad advertising, online advertising, it's a skill set for life. So I would go out there and focus on building out like a skill set that will work for a lifetime. You know, things like sales, right? Sales will work for a lifetime. Advertising will work for a lifetime. Marketing will work for a lifetime, right? But if you really, really want to take it to that next level, depending on what it is that you want to do, if you're a people person, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a people person that you got, you can start doing higher ticket sales, right? High ticket closing. And you can do that with either two, one or two ways. Number one, you can create your own offers, like your own coaching program or something like that, yeah. where you can get higher ticket clients. Or number two is you can find people that are offering these high ticket um, products and items and tell them, yo, I'll help you close more items. Give me a commission. You know, that, that's one skill. That's a higher paid skill, right? Or you can go out there and you can just, you know, like for me, it was just opening up my own Shopify store, building out brands online, um, mm-hmm. pulling on Instagram and building out like a, a massive following for a specific niche, right? And then maybe one day you can sell that Instagram page with the store for large sums of money. Um, right. Once you start getting to the higher levels, it's really about networking, okay? Um, attending events, right? Conferences yeah. and events. Some of these events and conferences might cost a lot of money, but just right. know because you're at the higher levels now, you have to be willing to pay the same amount, right? At the lower levels, you're paying $100 events. At the higher levels, now you're paying $1,000 events, $2,000 for an event, right? Higher end coaching. I think like a financial standpoint, you know, for me, finances is just one aspect of, of life, right? But a very important one that allows you to step everything up um, if you do it properly. And so for me personally, when I started making a lot more money and I went from being completely broke to then making okay, my first couple hundred dollars in a day, then my first couple thousand dollars in a day, I had to change the way that my mind worked to get there right? Mm-hmm. My process of thinking. And then I had to change my process of thinking to stay there, right? And to start also not plateauing. And I've gone there and then went down to other things. So how is it that you personally, you know, how do you think it's changed your mindset as a whole for you to become, you know, a multimillionaire and then to actually stay there and keep leveling up? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of things that have to change in the way that you think. So I'm curious about how it, how it happened for you personally. In terms of like in the beginning, not making that much money to making a lot of money. Uh, the mindset in terms of keeping it is a little tricky. You know, it's something I'm not mm-hmm. the best at because literally like I go up and down because I'm still, especially still in the, figuring it out. Yeah. I'm still figuring it out. I, I think we all do, you know, especially like the, um, there's people, there's times where you take all this money and you're throwing it into something that you might not know too much about, but you're doing it anyways, because you know, in the back of your mind, I can easily earn that back. I'm young. You know, I can work and get it back, but it doesn't work like that. You know, that's why my parents are always telling me, like, are you building out your retirement fund? Are you putting your money in real estate? Are you doing these long lasting things where I'm just like, no, I'm throwing it right all back into ad spends. I'm buying Bitcoin, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, so in terms of the mindset of keeping it, that's something I, I think you need, you need to really go out there and um, try to become wise instead of cunning. You know, yeah. it's a little different in the beginning. You want to be that smart, slick guy. That's going to cut the curves, right? When you get a little older and you start having some money, you want to be wise. You want to be the person that's kind of like looking at your business from a 40 foot view and you're looking down instead of you're looking up. Like I'm going to climb that mountain. Now you're looking down, like, look at how far I came, you know? Right. So you always kind of want that gratitude feeling of looking back of when, 
when, what did it feel like when you were hungry? You know, go, I, I have this, just speaking about this right now, I remember just a, a couple days ago, I felt myself feeling really anxious, anxiety, depression, kind of sad because I was like, dude, things aren't going well. What the heck is happening? Like, why are the Shopify stores going up and down? Why is it like, you know, the IRS is calling me, the car insurance is expensive. And then I, I realized, you know what? I came a long, long way. Like, why am I even complaining? Like, I used to, you know, I used to drive like a really crappy car and then now I'm having a, a six-figure car, you know? Like, it's just like the whole mind sh- shift. You have to really change your mind shift to um, more so along the lines of gratitude. You know, looking, this is why I kind of like leaving like a trail, you know, of all your accomplishments. You know, it's not just to flex and show off on Instagram like all the marketers are doing nowadays. I'm sure a lot of you guys follow Instagram marketers. It's all you see is like flashy girls, flashy boats and things like that. But when you look back at your own content, you actually see the growth and development of, you know, this is where your income was like, this is how you behave, this is how your thought process was. Now you're getting better. Now you're getting even higher, you know, and you're just watching yourself grow. So I would say, um, look at it from a standpoint where you're watching your life like a movie and you're seeing the character grow and develop instead of looking at it from just your perspective um, yeah. and just dropping money on dumb things, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Last time we spoke, you you told me a little bit about it, but then I I went to see that video of you giving that uh, big check to to your mother. So you want you want to you know talk a little bit about how that made you how that made you feel because, man, like I think that's 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 beautiful and that's a video that I'm sure like touched a lot of people, right? Because that's something that people dream of being able to do to mom to their dad to yeah. you know. So how how did that kind of? I'm curious about the kind of that the breakthrough that you had mm-hmm. to get to that point that you were able to do that and then you know, obviously the feeling of being able to do that. Yeah. So yeah, that one's actually an interesting story. So let's say, um, so that happened like on a Christmas day, right? Which was December. I would say in July or June, I already started visualizing it every single day. Um, before I slept, when I woke up, I visualized me going to the bank, getting the check. I visualized drive the drive from the check to, um, the donut shop. I visualized what I would say on Snapchat, how we should, she would react. And it just shows you the power of visualization. You know, I saw the other day where Drake, um, the rap star, he showed like a picture of a, like a really, really nice house. And he said, this house was uh, the wallpaper for my computer for years. And now I own that house. Visualization, seeing, manifesting your goals into reality, right? Dreaming about it, seeing it happen every single day and not feeling, not losing confidence that it will happen when bad things happen knowing that it's still going to happen despite the failures that, you know, when you, when you're climbing up there, there's going to be a bump on the road and you climb back up and you know, just not knowing that, you know what, it's still going to happen, you know, visualizing it. And then I remember the reason why the story behind that check was I remember um, working at my mom's donut shop back in the day. Right. And then I remember her starting to really get tired of it. She started getting sick of it and she's never really complained. You know, immigrants are, some of the weirdest people, they love working. I don't know why they, they love, <laughs> they just wake up early and work, you know, they just love it. Um, I don't know you, what kind of background do you have? Immigrant, immigrant, so, uh, yeah. Immigrant parents too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, totally, I totally, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. They, they just love it. But for, from this perspective, she actually started saying, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, uh-huh. that really kind of made me confused. I was like, Oh shoot. Like she really doesn't want to work anymore how much time do I have before, you know, she can't like, she's not going to support me for the rest of her life. Like, this is not how life is. You know, I'm not, I'm not like one of those people that grew up in a really, really wealthy family. So, um, in that situation, I knew like I had to, that's really when I decided to quit school, um, and started really pursuing this entrepreneurial dream. So go, going up there and, you know, and also I'm, I'm Asian, Asian Americans, we emphasize college, college, parents telling us to go to college. So really getting that check and giving it to her and sticking it to her face saying like, yo, are you happy I didn't go to school? You know, that, that really was like a moment that, um, it really hits, it hits like a home run, you know, in my, in my heart. So. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And I know that for you giving, you know, it's super important. Uh, and one of the reasons, you know, that you, you wanted to, you really wanted to do this and everything was just because you want to give back knowledge that you've earned, you've learned over the years. I know it's something that's important for you. So what's next for you and what kind of, what else do you, are things that you want to do as in helping out people, you know, giving back? Like, do you have any, any plans for, for the near future? Yeah. I mean, um, in terms of giving back my knowledge, I like, I really love sharing technical knowledge, right? I know a lot of times you listen to Gary Vee. 
Grant Cardone. It's just rah-rah. It's a lot of like motivation because they have to give general information because their audience is so broad. You know, they're trying to cater to the 80-year-old man as well as the 19-year-old kid. So they have to give broad general um, information. Whereas me, I love giving the technical marketing side on e-commerce, internet marketing, Facebook advertising, Google analytics, YouTube ads, and things like that. So what I decided to do is I built a YouTube channel, um, just uploading daily content on all of the tactics and strategies on how any marketer, whether you're an e-commerce person or you're a doctor trying to grow your little doctor's office or a yoga studio or whatever. Um, and just trying to help people give really real advice, you know, um, and help train people with YouTube. You know, ultimately, I want to grow that channel. I have like um, 1,200 subscribers. I just started a couple months ago. And I'm trying to ultimately grow that channel to like 100,000 subscribers and really spread education as a whole. Because I have this thing where I went to school for so long, I didn't really learn anything. Why not be a distributor of education myself? You know, instead of having people only have to go to school. That's their only choice of school to learn, you know, how, how to put bread on the table, right? At least now I'm giving people more options to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're talking about technical technical knowledge, right? So let's just say as a as a entrepreneur or someone who just wants is building something, what are maybe three technical advices from a marketing standpoint that most people maybe have not heard of could, that, that are something that you think could be useful to people? Um, so I'll just give away, this is something that kind of behind the curtain, yeah. training program that are three tips to really building like a sustainable business. Yeah. Think, tip number one that you need is traffic, okay? Um, so it's TAS, T-A-S, okay? That's the three things you need. Number yeah. one is T for traffic, okay? You need to get eyeballs to see your stuff, okay? And you get that eyeballs, get those eyeballs either with Facebook ads, Instagram ads, you know, email marketing, actually not so much email marketing, but anything to get people to see your stuff, your content, okay? YouTube advertising, or it could be um, influencers, swapping audiences, right? But you're building traffic, right? T is for traffic. Then A is for audiences, okay? Number one, you get the traffic. Number two, you build the audience because the traffic is useless if you're not communicating with the traffic, you know? It's almost like you're building a culture, right? You're building a community. So Apple gets a lot of people to buy their iPhones and stuff. And what happens whenever they're launching a new iPhone? They get dozens and dozens of people lining up just to buy more iPhones. You know, they're building an audience. There's people that are diehard Apple fans, right? They're people that are, you know, sport teams. They have that audience built. They don't really need to pay for advertisement anymore because they already have a massive cult following for every sport teams. Okay. Influencers do that. Okay. And the third thing you need, okay, T A S sales, right? Close those close the audience, monetize it. You know, it's a fucking deal, bro. <laughs> yes, exactly. Make some money, right? You can make money with affiliate offers, right? Mm-hmm. By promoting other people's stuff. You can make money by making your own courses, your own softwares, right? Or you can just like Ty Lopez. He makes Ty Lopez is the number one affiliate for Amazon by distributing books. That's yeah. why he always does that. Um, a book a day, read a book a day. He's really making a crap load of money doing it, you know? Um, he, he drove a lot of traffic. We all saw his ads right everywhere. Hi, it's Ty Lopez. Um, here in my garage, we all saw the traffic. Then what does he do? He posts every single day on his Facebook, his Instagram, his Snapchat, his YouTube video to build that audience. Then what does he do? He closes that audience with sales, which is the third step by telling you, click the link below, check out, check out this book that I'm reviewing, check out my course, my 67 steps. You know, he's just, that's really all it is. T-A-S. Traffic, audience, sales. That's really the key to, I say that's the future. Um, I think that's really the future. The local brick and mortar stuff is still going to be there because there's still going to be an older generation. Um, and there's still always going to be people that want to physically go, go and buy stuff. But I think that's almost peaked out. You know, I think the physical stores, physical businesses, are, they're almost at a peak already. They might still grow a little bit more. Whereas internet businesses using that TAS, the method, right, is that's still going to skyrocket up. I think that's the future. Um, that's really where I feel that marketers and entrepreneurs, in terms of the tactical strategies, should start spending their time and efforts on building those, those three attributes. Mm-hmm. And why, why e-commerce for you? Is it just because it's where you connect with the most or is it because it's where you also see more future in you know in the near future <laughs> yeah it was both um number one it connected with me because it was really easy for me to plug in the right audiences um i just had like an eye for like designs and trends and things like that in terms of a selling standpoint right mm-hmm. and then also um i saw it in as in the future you know because if you look at black friday 
Amazon is starting to outsell like um, local, like Best Buy. You know, they're starting to outsell these other businesses, Target and Walmart and things like that um, on Black Friday. And just it's just where all the sales are going to right now. Facebook has over 2 billion users. Instagram has over 1 billion users. YouTube, I don't even know how much YouTube has, but they're, they're beating television, right? Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, those are all beating regular television. Um, I, I just see internet marketing, e-commerce, it's, it's the future right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Didn't have, have you had uh, many mentors in your, in your journey? Oh, definitely. I've had a lot of mentors guys. Um, that's another topic, you know, invest. I, I know sometimes like a lot of you guys watching this, you feel like, you know, I don't need help. I don't really want, you know, I don't need to listen to this guy. These, these older guys or this guy that's done more really learn how to you know put your ego away and follow someone who's done it before, you know, follow someone who's already bled um, the way you want to bleed, right? Or, or, or the way you want to like, um, just the way the, the struggles that you want to eventually go through, learn from someone that's already gone through those struggles and it's already climbed to the top. Um, so for me, my mentors, um, I just to name a few of them, like Chris record. I don't know if you guys know or heard of him. He does rap videos. Yeah. Chris record was one. Um, big strides was one. He, he does more network marketing stuff back in the day. Um, there's just, there's a lot to go through, but I, I look up to guys like Gary Vee. I look up to guys like Tony Robbins. I've been to three of Tony Robbins events. I've gone through over like 30 different conferences throughout my career, just traveling, um, meeting up with people, learning, networking, things like that. Mm-hmm. And let's just say right now you want to, you want to mentor for, you know, the next couple of years, cause where you are right now, you're going to need to learn from people that are even ahead, right? even more ahead if you want to level up again. So how would you approach someone who let's just say at this point is, you know, is make it from a financial level is, you know, doing multiple, multiple, uh, you know, millions of dollars, or even, even you want to get mentored from a billionaire. Like what do you, how do you approach him and what can you, can you offer him? You know what I mean? You personally, but also as a general note, what do you think are the most important things other than just like, you know, you want to give them value, you know, give them value first and make, and make sure that you have something to offer them. Like what other ways do you think, uh, are use are useful and like a good strategy to reach out to these people? Cause there's a lot of young guys who are constantly asking me like, Hey, how do I reach out to this person? I'm reaching out and sending an email. I'm not getting answered back. What way do you think you could be unique and actually, you know, get that relationship going? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a really, really tough thing to do because nowadays the internet right now, um, yeah. it's really cluttered, you know? So if you just DM this person on Instagram, you're literally a number one out of yeah. like 700, you know, um, yeah. it's, it's really difficult to approach it. That old school way of DMing, emailing. Um, it's not like how it was before, you know, especially as the rise of entrepreneurship back when I first started on entrepreneurship, it was not cool. Okay. Now this is actually kind of cool. Um, if you tell, you know, if you go to the club, you tell a girl, you're an entrepreneur, she, she's like, Oh wow. You know, back then it's just, you're just another dropout. Um, you know, there was no Ty Lopez yet. There was no Alex Becker yet. You know, there was none of these like big name guys like Gary Vee was not really present yet. So today in today's market, in order to reach out to these entrepreneurs, I would say, first of all, if you're looking for a mentor, find out, are they looking for clients or are they looking for people to coach and mentor? You know, um, you can do that easily by seeing, you know, are they releasing courses? Are they selling coaching? Are they offering actually mentorship or are they one of those people that are introverted and they don't really want to be bothered? You know, there are people like that. There are people that they just don't want to be bothered. And for you to actually go out there and bug them about it, it's really just going to, it's going to make that relationship not that good. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, cause everyone's different. Right. And that's something that I think people don't see. Some people are like, they're, that's what they love. They love impacting people. They love coaching. And sometimes, you know, when you're doing that, it makes you think like for, for me, when some people are asking me for advice on their business, on this, on that, like it forces me to think outside the box. So it actually helps me and what I'm doing. Right. And I personally have a lot of, get a lot from that just cause I, I love doing it. You know what I mean? I have like a teacher kind of um, spirit, or at least I, I like doing that, but there's some people who just can't, can't be bothered. Right. And they just are into their own thing. And if you reach out to them, they're just like, don't bother me. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I, I agree. I, I would try to find out first, are, are they available for that mentorship? Then second thing I would do is I would, um, I would try to try, you know, I, I know a lot of you might not be in the financial situation to do this, but sometimes it's worth it to just buy all their courses or buy whatever it is that they teach in general, their books, their courses, their, you know, whatever training programs, and you want to get into their group, you know, their 
remember TAS, right now you're a traffic, right? Then you can be a, a, an audience. You want to be within their presence of people that they're aware exist, you know? And you want to be a follower of theirs and you want to be a practitioner of their teachings, right? You don't want to just randomly go up there. Hey, I like your results. Please mentor me, right? I like your Lamborghini. I want one too. Can you teach me how to get one? No, you want to be someone that's in there. You want to be someone that's in their, um, their audiences, right? Um, and for me, you're serious, right? Exactly. They want to see, for me, what I did really, when, when I started building a relationship with like Chris record, for example, right? First I bought all his courses online digitally. Then I started producing results. Then I would give him screenshots of my results so that he could flex my screenshots to close more sales on his courses, telling him that, yo, your courses work. Then as I consistently started adding value in his groups and his audiences, and I kept flexing and showing and buying his next course, he started to see my name in, you know, he, he, I started being part of his community, you know? Um, and eventually I got, it got to the point where when he would host events, I would go to every single one of his events. Now I was a little shy boy back then. I was sitting in the very back. I would take notes. I would barely say hi to him. You know, I was always nervous and shy, but when he saw me enough and he saw that I was getting results with his content, eventually it just, it's just one of those things where we're eventually just going to talk and network and chat. And then eventually I can pretty much hit him up and ask him for advice on this or that, you know, and then every time he would see me at an event, it's always like, Oh, Hey, how are you? What's up? You know, it's always like one of the, I mean, it takes time. Don't, you know, it's just like marriage, right? You don't go up to a random girl and ask her to get married with you. Um, you have to kind of build that relationship with the mentors first, right? Go in there, take, be a practitioner of what they preach and then show them that, Hey, what they preach is getting you real results. And then from there, start attending their events, be known um in their presence and then from there you can work on building a real relationship with them. Yeah, yeah yeah and and from a partnership level do you do you have you done partnerships in the past because that's i think that's an interesting topic to talk about real quickly and like in that what do you look into a part into a partner and then also from experience like what do you think you should people should you know watch watch for because partnerships could be a tricky thing and it's something that you learn a lot from going through one right and yeah. uh good and and bad stuff right yeah. so yeah, partnerships. I don't know. I, what were your experience of partnerships? Mine were really bad. I've had some good ones, and I've had some where I just have stuff happen that I just really didn't expect. You know what I mean? But it also teaches you. Like for me, it taught me to, I guess, really learn to examine someone properly and not just go because I was so, at that point, so almost emotional. But on the on the excitement, I was so excited. I, I saw all the the beautiful green stuff, but I didn't see what was underneath. And, and, and there's one situation in particular where, um, I just didn't really think, Oh, why, what's in, like, why does this person want to do this? And I thought the person just really wants to, to, uh, you know, work together on this, but there was some stuff underneath, right. That I wasn't really aware of, which at the end of the day, like it kind of, it kind of made it not work out so well, but there's been some, some partnerships where they're just like incredible at the same time, you know? And I believe that like, I have a partner who is, who's my best friend since we were super young. Right. And we're, we're in a business together. And a lot of people say, don't mix friends with, you know, with, uh, with business. And I think that depends. It's not, there's no like black and white. I think like a lot of stuff are, are in the gray. And if you know how to tackle it properly, and if it's clear from the beginning, like when we started that partnership and we know that there's going to be money involved, there's going to be a lot of things involved. We said, okay, like we don't want this to like this to affect our friendship from the beginning. We, and we had a serious conversation about that. And I think it's important to do that if you're going to take that direction. But uh, yeah, man, overall, like I think partnerships could be a thing where, you know, every situation is different, but you, you're kind of getting experience along the way where it just becomes a, a thing. And everyone's different. There's some entrepreneurs that I, I know, like some very successful friends of mine who tell me like they, you know, they're, they're, they rather just be on everything they do, just be alone and like have their employees or whatever, but not have anyone else to deal with kind of thing. But there's some that like, for example, Bill Gates, he says, uh, I, I've never done anything alone, you know, in my yeah. life. And, and is he a successful guy? Right. So I think it depends. Why, what, what was your, your experience? My, I, I honestly, I think cause I grew up as an only child, maybe that just made it me a little harder to work with people. Um, I always felt like I, I know, I know I'm pretty much three and one, I oh, one and three in partnership, you know, I had three really bad ones, um, that I didn't really think turned out well. And one actually turned out at first it was kind of like, Oh, here we go again. But then it was like, actually turned out pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. and my reason for them, I think is just because I, I think when you have a partnership, number one, you have to really know 
where they stand on a business level. Are they savvy? Are they tech savvy? Are they ambitious like you are? You know, you have to make sure there's a distinct difference between having someone be an employee versus someone being a partner. A partner mm-hmm. means you double up your business, not you're splitting your business in half. There's I a love big that, man. That's, that's yeah. very true. Like you're doubling up your business. You're not splitting your business in half. Because sometimes, exactly. and I've been in a situation a couple of years ago where I partnered up with someone, but literally just because I was like killing myself every single day to fulfill things and to get all the tasks that have to be done. This person had some free time and was really interested in my business, saw that I was making things happen. I was making some money and was like, okay, I partner up. And, but at the end of the day, all they were able to bring was just like their, their energy in the beginning because they saw that I was making money and that they had the time. And I was like, okay, you know what I mean? Well, this person can help me. And I didn't have enough money to actually pay and have a full-time employee like that at that point, yeah. in my life, you know? So but there, what was I doing? I was splitting in half and I was, yeah. and that's, you know, that, so that kind yeah. of stuff doesn't work. But if you're both, you got to know that you're both bringing solid, you know, weapons to the table, right? Exactly. So both make, exactly. Like, and, and I think the best ones are when you both have a strong vision, I think, where the, and have a mutual vision because you can both have very exciting and strong visions, but if they're not aligned, the company's going to go this way, right? It's going to, yeah. and, and then that's when it breaks apart. Right. Um, So if you both have that kind of similar vision of where it's going, but then you have complementary skills and you understand that those skills, you you guys need to become the best at those skills separately to then come together and have this baby. Right. Because it's it's like, you know, you're you're getting married to this person in a way or another and your company is your your baby. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Definitely. And I just I just know it's a lot especially for those of you guys that are just starting off, it's a lot um, more comfortable to start a business together with someone because there's always that fear of doing something alone. Um, you know how like people, when they go to the gym, they have to go with a partner. They have to, whenever they do something, they always have to go with someone, um, at least a friend, you know, a buddy of theirs, a girlfriend, a boyfriend or whatever. Um, entrepreneurship, honestly, it's kind of a lonely road at times, you know, cause there's not that many of us. Um, it's just, it's just one of those things. You're choosing the, the road less taken. You know, and just accept that, that you're choosing the road that's taken. And through partnerships, there's going to be ups and downs. Um, it is what it is. Absolutely. Bro, so we were talking, uh, just kind of go back real quick. Uh, we were talking about, uh, you're talking about books, right? So I'm curious, what are the top three books that you've read so far? And like someone who, let's just say, you're taking under your wing, who is working with you, for you, and you want to help them get to where they want to be as fast as possible because they're adding value to you. What would be the three first picks that you would say, you know, like read this and uh, yeah, which are the three books that you would recommend? Um, I'm an old school guy. I like Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, I think that's a staple in every entrepreneur. Um, Not even just entrepreneurship, success in general, right? Life in general, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Number two, I like the compound effect from Darren Hardy. Uh, I think that's just really basic principles of like, compiling the little wins and the little intricate details are really what makes an entrepreneur or like a successful person successful, right? The little things like, um, you know, Kobe you Ryan the, wakes, the money, you see how the money also, when he was, he gives the doubles example, up, right? triples up, doubles yeah. up. And then it's like in a couple of days, it's crazy. And that's the same thing yes. with skills and habits, right? If you yes. keep it on, you can keep it on for four days, but at the end of the day, after the four days, that's yeah. it. That's it. But if you keep it on even for 30 days, holy shit, on day 31st, you're going to be like, Wow, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel it. And then that just keeps on snowballing effects. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, go back. Oh, no, dude, no problem. Yeah, that, that's a really good um, point, that one. So the compound effect, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And the third one, um, it really, I, I would say the third one should be a little more niche specific towards what, you know, what direction. If you're a real estate person, go with Robert Kiyosaki. Um, if you're a brand branding person, go with um, uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That's a really good one. Robert Cialdini, right? That's a really good one. How to Win Friends and Influence mm-hmm. People. I would say, yeah, by, you know, there's staples like Think and Grow Rich and Compound Effects are more like work ethic and mindset. And then there's other, the third one, I would say you would have to go with something more niche depending on what it is that you're trying to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I, I love it. So I'm, uh, I just got three last questions, bro, to finish it off in your journey so far. Like what I've been to three top habits that you've started uh, implementing in your life that have helped you ha- gain the success that you have so far? Damn. Okay. So geez, three habits. Um, this is like a can of worms. It's like so oh, many. Only, yeah. only three, bro. It has to be the top. <laughs> <three>. <laughs> um, one of them, one of them, I would say not to be 
this is more of like a veteran one, not so much a beginner one. So the beginners might not resonate with it. But for me, this is something that recently I was going through. Not to be too harsh on yourself, you know, um, with your losses, with your poor decision making, with your, um, you know, sometimes you take like, you know, too much time off or you wasted too much time on this or you lost six months and all this money because of a failed project. Don't be too harsh on yourself, you know. Don't get too comparative to where this person's this age and they're passing you up or this person just started and they're already halfway to get, getting to where you are when you've been doing it for eight years or whatever, you know. Don't be too harsh on yourself. Um, just relax a bit. Take things a little slower and just know that everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own, you know, you know how they say that, is that you know, this is you. This is where you want to be. It doesn't go straight up. It's always a wiring up and down. Everyone has their own journey. There's really no comparison or no you know rhyme or reason why our paths are different but just know that they are what they are and and just be a little more relaxed before i used to be really harsh on myself i used to be really like oh my goodness well i'm freaking out i screwed up i did this wrong i need to stay up for the next four days now because i i need to make up for last time and then now i'm learning to kind of just relax a bit you know like if it's someone's birthday, go out, have a good time, hang out with them for a little bit, be more kind. That's, I think that's more of a veteran move, though. I think when I was younger, you kind of have to do the grunt work. You kind of have to be harsh on yourself, you know, um, especially in the early stages. You, you got to really be willing to, to pay the price in the early stages because that's like the hustle phase, right? Um, w- when you do get to a little older and, and you start to really see income coming in, you have a business, you have employees, you you can't be putting too much stress on yourself. It's not worth it. It's not worth it, you know? Um, you have to let, learn to make your money work for you. You know, your, your money's, those are your little um, tools to work for you. You can't just go in there and try to do everything yourself. That, I think that brings me to number two, okay? Habit number two, outsource earlier. I should have outsourced earlier. I was such a control freak in my early stages. I had to do everything myself, you know? You're the only yeah. one that could do it, bro, right? You're the- yes. No one else everyone can else, do <laughs> Everyone else is lazy, exactly. I can't yeah, let yeah. trust them. They suck at it, you know? But- Really, in all seriousness, though, like if I would outsource earlier, you, the best, the fastest way to grow your business is to hire more people and, and and letting go. You know, if you want to grow, you have to let go, right? That was something Chris Record mentioned at one of his events, right? If you want to grow, you have you got to let go. Um, is it worth it to sit there and answer fifty emails that are support emails when you could just create a template, give it to your employee, and they're literally copying and pasting because it's a template? You know, the template might take you five hours to to create. But it beats working for two hours every single day working on that task. Mm-hmm. You know, and a, start, a starting book for you know for kind of systemizing just to kind of get people started that you know have no systems in their business is uh, uh, the E Myth. I, I don't know if you probably read that book. No, I've never heard of that one. Actually, I think I've heard of it. What is it by, about? Um, it's Michael Michael Gerber or something like that. It's called the E Myth, and it basically talks about you know people with different businesses and how that person. I think it is a cupcake. Or, uh, it could be wrong, but it's a, a woman that has a cupcake shop, and she thinks she has to do everything by herself because she's the only one that does those cupcakes the way she does it, right? Uh-huh. And nobody else could do it. Nah, nah, nah. And then. Yeah. Someone comes in and tells you, no, well, that's how, why you're never going to make money if you continue doing this. And then she yeah. kind of goes through a mold of how to systemize her whole business. And I think that's what it is in, you know, in, in every business, the more systemized that you can be so that in all different areas of the company, there could be a system still allow for flexibility. In my case, I always want to have room for flexibility and what I call just like, just, you know, having that human touch to it, but I always want it to be systemized. So if, you know, one of my employees can't actually make it or is not there, the, the business could keep running, right? I can have someone look at, you know, a video and I think videos are really good. I used yeah. to do uh, like little manuals and I used to do like notes and put it on the wall. So people, even for shipping and fulfilling, like um, I was, you know, selling all kinds of clothes and stuff like that. So people would look, okay, step one is open the poly bag, right? Step two is go and look in the shelves for the, the, the what's the product and all that three put it in and all that kind of stuff. But then I said, you know what? I started just do, I had to, and one of the best ways of, of uh, letting go is when you're forced to let go. Right. So yeah. I had to leave because, of, because of something and I was not going to be in the country, but I needed my business to keep running. Right. So I said, how can I get my employees to actually continue doing that? And there was a point where it was even my little sister, like that was that I told her, okay, my little sister has to be able to do this. Right? Yeah. Years yeah, ago. yeah. So how did I do that? And then I realized, Hey, okay, let me make a video of her of explaining how to do it. And then I could put that video and put it in like a one minute thing. If I can yeah. do that, then anybody's able to like watch that video and do yeah. it. I think any, any business you should be able to 
have a one minute video explaining what the task is or what needs to get done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, that's something I think, honestly, if I would have done that earlier, it would have made me an extra like million dollars or 2 million. That's like extra, right. like lost money. Um, and it's a lot, a lot of lost stress too. Like I remember I used to stay up all day, every day doing the dumbest tasks, like the mundane tasks, you know, um, something I definitely would, would do first. Um, listen, you, I know a lot of people spend like, you know, they spend, it's funny, Don Wilson, I was at a event. I don't know if you know Don Wilson, he's an e-commerce guy. Um, and he was saying like, Peter, you spend $5,000 on uh, training and coaching and stuff like that, but you're not willing to spend $5,000 just to hire a team to do that task for you. Right. It, like, doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. you know, we spend so much money on things we don't need, but really outsourcing, I think is the biggest, um, bang for your ROI in terms of investment. Um, of time and money, you know, just investing that time to train a team and investing that money to train a team. So definitely. Um, and a very valuable skill to learn how to outsource properly because I mean, I remember in the beginning and looking all over the place for, I started with a bunch of VAs, you know, and, and I, there's a point I had, I had a team, you know, of almost 10 VAs for, for what I was doing. And it was, I need to learn how to do that. Right. I had one main general manager VA who helped me but in the beginning, I started like I had people just like leaving and I had to get like the payroll right and all that kind of stuff, keep people motivated. So all that stuff is skills that you learn. But once you learn those skills properly, you can take that wherever it is you want to go in any business. You know what I mean? So I think that's just super important. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, business, business is all it's like people thing, you know, you're managing people. Absolutely. Definitely. Dude, what is success to you? Um, honestly, just, so this is like, you know, back in the day when I was younger too, I would always think, you know, it's, you gotta make money. You gotta, you gotta have a suit. You gotta have a nice car. You gotta this, you gotta that, you know, but now when I really think about it, success really is just, um, I mean, Earl Nightingale, right. Old school guy says success is the progressive realization of a worthy idea. Yep. Um, classic. So, um, I love that phrase, much, man. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much all it means is as long as you're progressively working towards something that you really want to do. Right. So if a teacher mm -hmm. is, is doing a great job at teaching, um, at a school and she loves what she's doing, she's a successful teacher. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't necessarily need to be making millions of dollars as long as she's, as long as you know, you're, you're making enough to really take care of the family, um, to the point where no one's really like, um, starving, you know, and you're doing what you love and you're happy about where you are and you're moving forward still, you're still making progress towards whatever it is that you're doing, then that to me is, is what success is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you, let's just say one thing that I, that I asked myself is like, yeah, if money wasn't even a thing, like it didn't exist in society, would I still be doing exactly what I'm doing right now? Would I be doing the tasks I'm doing right now daily? Would I be working on the projects the same way? And, and my answer is yes, like a hundred percent. And there was a couple of years ago, it was not that at all. Right. It was not that like for shit. But when I asked myself that question, I think that's the question that people could start asking themselves. Like if money wasn't even a thing, it didn't even exist. Would you still be doing the tasks that you're doing? And, uh, and if you are, then in my, in my opinion, like you're already like successful at a certain point. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a really, really good point. Yeah. That, that's something like, it's definitely someone needs to write down. Like I think, um, Steve jobs was the one that said it first. Like, if, um, every day look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, um, do I actually want to do what I'm about to do today? You know, in the morning when you wake up and if the answer to that question is no too many days in a row, then you owe it to yourself to do something different. Mm -hmm. It's pretty great. Ch yeah. Change it up. I mean, sometimes you, yeah. if you get to where you want to be, you have to do things, right? Yeah. Like man, I remember working like over three jobs and I didn't like, you know, and I was until three in the morning at Costco, I used to work. Right. Yeah. And it was like the night shift. And then I was at school at seven before I dropped out. But I needed to do those things in order to progress or at least try to progress in what I was doing. So, but at the end of the day, after you do that enough, if you're still not doing what you want to be doing, then there's something wrong into like in the direction you're going, right? Yeah. So last question, my man, I give you a paper right now and pen and paper, and you have to write down uh, basically from everything that you learned so far, life, business, anything. And you have to give this to either um, future son, daughter, someone that you want to leave behind, everything that you've learned for them to become successful and what your definition of success was. Right. So my question is, what would you write on that paper and what would be your words to success? Ooh, that one's really hard. Um, what would I write on the, so without cheating, right? Like invest in Bitcoin or, or something like that. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, yeah. I would probably tell them 
number one, be resilient to everything. Um, when I say resilient, I mean question everything, even myself, me as a father teaching you, question what I'm saying, okay? Look at my background, see why am I telling you this from my angle, why am I telling you this, you know? Question, you know, when my parents would tell me stuff, it's not that they didn't love me, but I felt that a lot of their teachings was wrong. Um, it, it was a lot of viruses in my brain thinking that, you know, my dad used to tell me, you know, you're Chinese, you can't do this. You're Chinese, you're supposed to go to school. We're only supposed to do this, right? But I looked at it from his perspective is because he genuinely feared that, that I wasn't going to make a living when I was um, young. So he genuinely wanted me to become successful by the way he knows how, you know, and he was maybe brainwashed by, you know, and it goes on generations, right? Um, so just question everything, including myself, question your teachers, you know, not in an arrogant, douchebag, braggadocious way, but in a way where you're not um, susceptible to being brainwashed as easily, you know? You're never going to be like, um, oh, so-and-so told me this, therefore so-and-so has to be right. No, why did so-and-so tell me this? Why is he right? Let's look for five evidence as to why I should start doing this, you know? So that's number one, be resilient and question everything, you know? Um, uh, number two would be to... Oh, number two would probably be to, you know, do what you love as long as it's, um, like, like try to, try to monetize what you love. You know, uh -huh. that's, that's really it. Um, I've seen a lot of people where they have jobs that they hate, but their real passion is, let's say, um, playing video games or their real passion is a sport or something like that. Right. And then they're pretty much having this really hard balance between, Okay, my, my passion goes down, but my career goes up. My career goes down, but my passion goes up. Try to combine those two together, okay? Because if you get a job that you love, you never have to work another day in your life. So that's really that's like two, two key points, you know? Question everything and do something that you love, but find a way to monetize it so that you can actually make a living doing what you love. I love it, man. Is there anything else that you want to, to add for, for the people listening? Um, if they, if they want, they can just follow me on Instagram, Facebook, you, uh, YouTube, whatever it is. I deliver content, marketing businesses. Um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Just the fact that they're listening to podcasts like this one shows me that they're a bunch of weirdos too, like us. So <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. pretty much it. Yeah. Hey brother, thank you so much for coming on, man. I always have a good time speaking to you and yeah, man, I had a good time and good, good talk, bro. All right, cool, man. Thank you. See you guys. Appreciate it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with my man, Peter Chan. If you want to learn more about Peter, you can go to words2success.com under episodes and all his links are there. Also, we would really appreciate if you guys can give us more reviews on iTunes. We're completely blowing up on there and it's all because of you guys. So thank you guys so much. Also, you can always uh, email us at info at words to success. Don't forget it's the number two and let us know who you want to have next on board. We love it when you guys recommend us people, let us know who you want to hear and we'll make that happen for you guys. Okay. Keep engaging with us on our social media as well at words to success on Instagram and keep being the greatest version of yourself, guys. It's only starting. You're only starting. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.